Welcome to the Horror Supernatural Chop Shop. Chopping up the good, the bad, the insane movies, TV shows of the horror and supernatural genre. With games, trivia, facts, and more. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome into our Horror Supernatural Chop Shop. And... Welcome into the world of horror and gore and fun times. As always, I am your gore master, your horror-loving OG, Zach Mr. Eyeliner, who runs this gory and bloody splatter chop shop, but I'm never alone because my spooky, horror-loving, living dead girl, also B-movie fabulous psycho herself, and co-host Al Sparky Sparks always joins me. Hello, Al. Hello, Zach. How are you? I am doing bloody good. How are you? I'm doing great now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so on this episode, we're doing, unlike other horror podcasts I've done, and unlike I have done in the past, but I have to first start off by saying, this is welcome to episode 10. Yes. Elle and me have now done, this is going to be our 10th episode of season two. So I want to say, I wish I had these like sound clips and everything for you, Al, but Congrats. You have been now a part of like going on to 10 episodes now. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure and I've enjoyed every single episode. Yeah, and I, I have as well. And this is just great because we have done kind of like money shot movie, money shot. We've done nothing but like good reviews since you started with me. I love it. Well, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, I, I can I can tell. Like from people telling me this, it's and it's no, I can just tell by the, the caliber and the quality of like what we're reviewing. You are very open minded towards anything B, sci fi, horror, occult. You are open to everything horror, just like me. You're like, eh, eh, when it comes to like slutty, like you know, these slutty, crappy, they're not considered horror movies. It's like, you know, you know, ugh, gore, like this, like basic, like shock and awe films, you know. It loses its shock and awe when it's all the time. <laughs> exactly. And on this episode, what are we doing? We're going to celebrate a very candy holiday season where, again, people review the basics of these kinds of movies. They find the most cheesiest ones. Uh, I know last season I did My Bloody Valentine. I still regret that, to be honest. And I'm like, yeah, I had to do something very special for you on this one. And this is what I consider anti-valentine's day a gore day it's gonna as i'm doing this event this coming weekend with some great people called morbid love and queens new york morbid love yes so for me and you it's a morbid love traditional movie review we're gonna do you know it really wasn't all that morbid in my opinion but i'll leave my comments for later on yep so again this is not gonna be like the traditional like bs simple horror film we're going to do again we want to bring you my point with you as a co-host i want to bring the listeners a lot of new content a lot of new movies to watch something they might have never seen and it could be new it could be older so this one is the 2020 it's basically called like a coming of age romantic black comedy horror film and it's called spontaneous which i saw about two years ago and i loved it and i recommend it to you and i knew you were going to love it and you just gave me some great like, comments on it, but it's it's written directed by Brian Duffield, and, and it's his like first movie ever. 
And it's presented by, if you see the, the, the beginning of this movie, it's presented by the Awesomeness Films. That's the production company, Awesomeness Films. I'm like, what? Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And I was like so happy to like when I, when I saw who was starring in this. It stars Catherine Langfield, who was, if you guys don't know, Netflix's 13 Reasons Why, which I always have to say, a lot of people think it's, a lot of people do think it's very, you know, don't talk about it kind of stuff with teen suicide but she did such a great performance on that show uh to the point where they did show her suicide scene in one of the episodes and they had to edit it because it was too graphic for netflix really for yeah because teenagers were watching it yeah it was too realistic she's also in um misguided which is a 2017 uh drama comedy it's actually quite good I've seen this guy. Yeah, this guy is quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has uh, Charlie Plummer and Piper Parabo, which everybody knows who she is. She's Coyote, Coyote Ugly. Yes. <laughs> she's, been yes. Other, she's been in other things, but um, Charlie Plummer, which is so weird, I want to tell you. Uh, I love him, and he's been in some really good movies. Like, really. The like, Clove Hitch uh, Killer. Yeah, like a big, but even big Oscar movies, too. You know, he's, like, pretty much quitting acting because he loves football so much. He wants to be a football coach in real life. You never would have guessed something like that looking at the boy. No, he, he looks too, like, artsy school guy, like, art school confidential kind of, you know? He's a very small guy, too. Yeah, and no, he's, like, a big, like, yeah, he's pretty much hasn't done anything lately because he's going to be, he wants to, like, he wants to do the football thing. He wants to be a coach. Wow. Well, I mean, he's good at his acting. Uh, maybe he'll be, you know, a hit coaching football. Mm, maybe. See, we got to give you details on these, these people before we get into movies sometimes and during times as well. Yeah, I kind of did a little bit of picking on Piper because I was curious as to what horror movie she's in. And I was kind of surprised to find that she's in Carriers and the cave these are things i don't really pay attention to they're really straight to like they're straight to like red box movies these guys yes and then um one of my favorites with uh james marsden and billy bob thornton from 2015 is into the grizzly maze i I was shocked that she was in that to be honest because i love i i I like billy bob i like jar uh, james marsden most things honestly i uh, was surprised i didn't remember her from the movie to be honest with you I didn't either. Her her part couldn't have been very big or very memorable, but she did work alongside with these, you know, two icons. So she she's not unknown to the horror genre. No, I'm like very shocked. Like we see her in movies like this because, as my mom always says, they always go to Hallmark. Like some of these actresses that they've ever been in Canada, they just like they just like forget it. I'm, I'm not doing these studio movies. I'm going to I'm going to Hallmark. I'm going to do movies for the next forty years of my life, being on every Christmas. And Valentine's Day movie and have a career now. Uh, I think eventually she might go that path, you know? I have a feeling she probably will. I mean, we've all seen her in Coyote Ugly. And that just kind of seems like it's more her style. Yeah, it really does. But she did she did a good job as playing the mother in this in this movie. Surprisingly, yeah. And like um like I the uh the father, like he is such a great comedian. And he's been in so many other kind of like small comedy horror films. And one of my favorite shows, The League. 
And he's so good at playing that like dumbed down kind of dad. But here, him and, and Piper really played off good parents, you know? I still see the young girl <laughs> when I see Piper. She doesn't look like she's almost 50. She really doesn't. Hey, good genes, man. And we're not talking osh gosh, but gosh. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> All right, so since we give you a background on most of these uh, actors and character actors in our points of view, uh, the movie does start off, and we get introduced with this voiceover from a senior student named Mara Carlisle, who is our main character. This is something that you guys all know. And during this movie starts off kind of like, I swear to God, I'm watching it. And I'm like, this was me in high school, uh, like senior year in high school. Everybody was like, we're graduating soon. And we, no one paid attention to the teacher. We're all just like sleeping, had air, had secret headphones, not AirPods, they didn't exist. Secret headphones over our long hair. If we had long senior hair. Senior-itis. Everybody yeah. got senior-itis. Yeah, and no one gives a fuck. Yeah, so they're in, especially in this class. I had a senior calculus class. But this is in Covington High, where you see like, you see all the students bored as fucking hell. And that's really where I remember. I, I had a flashback to my senior year. And I'm like, that's all of us. We None of us cared or shit because we're graduating soon. You know, it doesn't really matter. And It's basically <laughs> fuck off year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just like high school movie. Like This movie, I remember when first I, I watched it, right? It doesn't really give you anything. And you're watching it for the first four minutes. And she's telling you this over. And okay, out of nowhere, another senior student, Caitlin, inexplicably, she just explodes in the background. You don't see it, but you, you, you see no, no, no. it. She's in the center of the classroom. Yeah, you, you see, but you see a, it's a big explosion. As, but, 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 but what's great is Mar is the one telling the story. So as Mar bends, she like drops her pencil on the floor as she goes for the pencil, that's when you see. Kaboom, you know? Yeah, she's sitting right behind the girl and she missed it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So as she's, again, the voiceover is describing us, the situation, Caitlin was spraying the, the whole entire the surrounding students and classroom with blood all over. Like, everybody was soaked. The whole room was soaked. Well, I mean, come on. Somebody's body just, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, guys, like, yeah, her body just exploded. We're talking about combustion. Like, it just spontaneous combustion. Like, it just happened. We have yeah, no flames. Yeah, aerosol can in a fire. That's basically what this girl did, except there was no flames. Very just... nice. Yes. Blood works, not fireworks. And then, then we get, like, everybody, you know, high school, if someone dies, you get everybody talking, and we, Mara basically explained she wasn't that close to her, but then we hear from this guy Jed, who was particularly crushed as he was in love with her, and he knew that she'd say yes to his prom proposal. Was he in love with her, or was he infatuated? I think he was just more infatuated. I'd say more like stalker. I feel like he was making it more about himself than actually about Caitlin, honestly. I, I agree. And then we finally get, we, we get to meet her friend. I, um, we get to meet Mar Mara's friend, Tess. And Tess, is, Tess. Tess is great. Like They're like besties. And we get more into like how they became friends in a bit. But who confronts her and explains that she tells her, like, Caitlin exploded. Tess says, like, like a bomb. And 
Mars is no, <laughs> like a balloon. <laughs> so like, if a balloon is very much popped, it is very much going its way, and you stick a needle in it and it pops, that's what happens. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. The nonchalance of Mara is just, it's great. It's high school. But like, this isn't like when we went to high school, this is like the 2000s high school, like millennial or whatever you want to call it, high school. I didn't know her. I'm not Gen Zers. Yeah, not even like Gen, Gen, uh, we doers, Gen A, we, we, we designed, I must say, you know? This movie is great, I'm telling you. So like, it's, then, easy. it's so funny how the police take the whole class into custody during this big investigation. But aside from ruling out an attack, they're unable to determine any cause of the explosion. Yeah. But like, I love how like they they ask her, they ask like they ask like Mar, they ask Tess and stuff. They ask, did Caitlin ever say anything suspicious? Like and. Mars, like what, like wanting to explode? <laughs> like, um, sorry, it's not a terrorist attack if she exploded herself. Like, no. I personally love when she asks, uh, when the detective asks, "Are you guys in the habit of blowing people up?" Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like it, this is kind of like the norm in high schools now. Obviously, if you look at the news any day of the week, it's. If there's an explosion, did you ever Times hear? Have changed. But like, if you explode yourself, you gotta go back to the drawing board, detective. You gotta be like, um, mm, um, I don't know what that I was said. the wrong suppository. Yeah, like I, I'm kind of lost, you know. I don't think that was a tampon. <laughs> yeah, like maybe she was transsexual and something didn't work well with the. G I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Okay, just give me an answer, guys. Come on, you're the kids. I'm the detective here. Come on. <laughs> yes, from the younger audience, how does this happen? <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna get through this episode without laughing anymore. <laughs> No, I don't think, we're, we're, this is going to be a good episode, guys. This is our time. We got to have fun with this. One. All right, so I, even during custody, it's like all the third period class students are taken to the police station, all of them, which, I mean, come on. It doesn't look like a whole class in high school to me at all. Does it to you? Mm, no. I, I think it was just the one class that Caitlin was in that they take in to question at this point. Yeah, okay. So when they're taken in, they're like kind of in this like quarantine area where like they have to take clothes off, take showers, and, she, and like Mars, like, I'm just gonna wash my hair, you know. <laughs> but it's so funny when she asks like that person, Do I get my sneakers back? Do you really want them back with all the blood on? <laughs> Would you want your sneakers back? <laughs> yeah, they could I, be I'm sorry, they I'm quite attached to my sneakers. So I, I, probably I, like, yeah. I, I don't want to sound like a fucking scumbag here, but like, if you do get these sneakers back and you go on a certain website, you could probably get a few thousand for them by some weird fan out there. Dark web. Yeah, dark web. <laughs> Teen blood. Teen blood sells high. Yeah, and then like, they're all, I love how they all have to be like 
now put into these ugly, she says, ugly shit grace, like, suit things on, like, suit pets. Sweats. Like, They're all so, in sweats. Like, suit sweat things. Like, it's disgusting. It, uh. No teenager wants to wear gray, let alone gray sweat, gray sweatshirts and sweatpants. And, no, come on. And then I while, no, no, we don't. That, while you're in there, I love how one of the teens is like, this feels like a Cronenberg film. I'm like, yes, it does. Yes, it fucking does. It does seem like a Cronenberg film. It seems like someone's going to fuck a car and or something right now. Something's going to get weird, you know? I believe that was Cox that said it. I think it was Cox that did yeah, That's when he's, he, about- he's the one that comes up with these little smart-ass comments here and there, even though his part's kind of kind of quite small. He's memorable. Yeah, and it's the thing is he's so they they film his character so well that when the, Cox does do that role that that line, um, mm-hmm. it's like Mara doesn't see it's Cox, you know. No, no, she doesn't. She doesn't see it's Dylan. She doesn't know it's Dylan. Like it's 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 all like kind of in the background, and yes. uh, like basically like when the hell they're gonna get out of there? And Mara's like until it doesn't go you know, boom. <laughs> like you like I I have to say it. it's just, yeah. She she's just boom. like so yeah. She's like. Yeah. Like the one girl gets sick and goes and throws up. Yeah. That was great. I don't know. I'd be scared though too. So. But it's it's quick. It's like you go from that. Then like Mara then gets re She gets interviewed and is asked what it you know asked what it looked like and she what did she respond? It looked like it looked like you popped a zit. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like it's like a scene out of Revenge of the Nerds in the nineteen eighties. For God's sakes, a lot of dialogue. I loved it. I can't with this movie <laughs> because while you're watching it, you're not the first time you're watching it. You don't you don't laugh so much. I've watched this three times this past week, and each time I watch it, I pick up on these little lines, and it just gets funnier and funnier because <laughs> it's just. Great writing. And you know me, I had to watch it like three times just today because you know why? Because I had to pay for it again because like they took it off of Hulu and I had to pay like the $2.99 to like buy it and rent it for like a day. Zachary, you should have asked me. I know, but I had to do it. I don't want to, you know, I had to just get it done. Uh, You know, commitments to you listeners who should get us more listeners because we go all these extra miles for you all, you know? This is what I put up with, you guys. He doesn't ask for the movie. <laughs> but during that time, in their little, in their little like, holding area, like Mara's got like this, like she's this like vocal point that gets through to all of them and says it could happen again. And that sentiment that she's putting out there is taken very seriously by all her peers, especially one which we find out a little bit later. And he's yeah. a big, big part of this whole this whole movie. Um, closer to later, actually. So yeah, when they all get released, Mara finally goes home to her parents, mm-hmm. who are grateful she's alive. And her dad says we didn't have any info on her, and he's you know he was worried, and he's just glad that her classmates are this regular assholes and not evil. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking yeah. it was a terrorist attack, you know. But this is also when the town starts talking about the curse. Yeah, but there's got to be a curse. There's always got to be a curse. 
Uh-huh. Of course. And it's got to be the kids. But of course, but I just love the interaction between her and dad. Like, as her dad said that, she responds by, I guess there's always got to be a silver lining. You know? <laughs> it's like... The... The repartee between her parents and her are great because they, they act more like they're on a friendship basis than parent-child basis. I know, 100%. That's totally a middle America kind of relationship, I guess, you know? Very much so. But I mean, like, they still have that authoritative figure as well, but they treat Mara like an adult. They don't coddle her or anything like that. And I really love that touch with, with the parents in this movie. Yeah, I think, like, all three like really balance up each other as great acting partners. Great balancing. Yes. So after all this, like, you know, uh, she, re- she retreats to her room, smokes a little bit of that ganja, you know, and an unknown person texts her that she, and claiming to had a crush on her for multiple years. We don't and, know who it is. Nope. And Mara promptly asked for the texter not to send her, not to send her a dick pic guys, not to send her a dick pic. Know that, okay? Girls do not get turned out by the dick pics, all right? Like that in the first fucking encounter. Uh, to which the individual responds with a picture of Richard Nixon, which is a dick. <laughs> it was a dick. On more than one level. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was great. And he sends her more than just Richard Nixon pictures. He, they just doesn't show it because they do end up talking about that. Yeah. And I love it. It was, like, it was so great how that interaction went as well. It reminds me of another uh, relationship between a couple of people uh, in a previous movie that we did. Mm, I wonder which one. Mm, did it have a robotic Santa Claus? Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. <laughs> yeah, here you go. No, I get, get I really do think you're like, that's how I, that's why I really think you're, I thought you were going to love this movie or like it and laugh your ass off because the interaction seems so not scripted at times between some of the characters. And knowing that you put in a few comedians into the movie who can just do their own lines with like, other actors who are not comedians works really well. Yeah, I, I could not say that I didn't love this movie. I'll just, yeah, you were right. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so after all this, so it's then gets the Caitlin's funeral service. And Tess and Caitlin, this is like this one, this is when it gets like that, these scenes where you're like, wow, that's like the dramatic sequences. Tess and Caitlin sees, uh, they see Caitlin's dad. You know, like when families have these cars, you know, I'm not going to say where I live, but in like big family areas where you have that whole six kid family and 2.2 dogs and 1.1 cat, whatever they call that shit. And you have on the back of your car, the like little people holding the hands, the father. You get that in the small towns too. I'm telling you it's everywhere. It's a plague. Yeah. So like the father takes off the, the sticker of that one girl and like, and, and Tess is always like, I never knew what happened if that happened to somebody. Like, shit, that's fucking weird, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, she does. She says, I always wonder what they do when somebody dies with those. And Mara is like, I need drugs. Yep, and then where do we go? We end up in a friend's house. Kind of her dealers, I think. Twins. Were they twins? I thought they were a couple. They were twins. You can't tell. I'm sorry. They're called the twins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the stoners of the uh, class. 
And Mara gets high on some good old mushrooms because what's a better time to get high on mushrooms? And Tess is like, not now. And they're like, this is the perfect time. Yeah, but she takes that to the diner. I can't believe she didn't get in trouble for that. She takes it to the diner and she's making shroom tea. Hey, it's again, small town shit. But again, oh, the, the twins' names are Jenna and Joe Dalton. Twins, yes. That's right. Thank you. I forgot their names. They're not they're not huge into the movie, so no, they're, they're there for like that these moments, and basically a Friday the Thirteenth moment where you have like you're all gonna die kind of character, you know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and, I think their their characters were pretty cool. Honestly, I really liked them. Yeah, me too. Laid like, back, nice. And they, again, like yeah, you said they go to the diner, and like she like tea. Come on, and okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I if you did that shit in a diner by me, maybe like all right, I'm gonna get some money by having the cops come here and get your ass now. Well, Tess is saying you're gonna get sick, and she's like, she, "What did she say?" She says something like, "Well, that's why I'm making tea out of it, so I don't get sick." Yeah, it's the way not to get sick. She's so, never done shrooms before, mind you. <laughs> and at this point, like I love how we see this background of how they became friends. They've been friends since kindergarten, and and, and, and like how Mara saying like after like her like scumbag father left her and her mother alone, she asked her, "Will you be my, my best friend?" She's like, "Of course." And there was like this cute little background like background story we saw, and then they went to the beach and they saw these as she says two baller old chicks her kimonos on that were had their feet smoking in the sand. Yeah, smoking uh-huh. a yeah, I was like, that is like, that could make any two little girls best friends forever. I'm like, yeah. Just to clear that up, around here we call them hookers. <laughs> They're called Hooker. hookahs. Hookah. Hookahs, yes. yes. We call them hookers here. So. Not hookers. Hookahs, guys. Not hookers. I weren't smoking like female vagina or male dick. They're smoking hookahs. Hookahs, you know, with the, the, the you know, okay. A little bit of that country came out there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Think hooker bars, everyone. Hooker bars, okay. Yeah, let's let's go to the hooker bars. <laughs> so this is when we get introduced. <laughs> this is when we get introduced, and I love how he's getting. I love how this character is introduced, Dylan. This guy, Dylan. Played by again, Al. Oh, Charlie Plummer. <laughs> yes, approaches the parent, asks if he we he can join them, and they're like, "Is there a Test boy talking to us?" And a boy can, There's a boy uh, staring at us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all this, and then reveals himself to be the unknown texter. She's like, "Oh fuck, that's you!" Yeah, she's like so hot. You have a crush on me. That's what she says to him. Yeah, and she tells Tess, oh, he was—he's the one that was sending me dick pics. Oh, you said L. You said no, not like that. L. That that it was like this. Go back, go back, go back. You know, kind of dick thing. It's like, oh my god, this is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the whole—I love that whole wordplay thing, and just that was priceless, especially for teenagers. It, it was so well played with the dialogue. Yes. It really was, and they played it off like great because these kids are not like weirdos. They're weirdos. They're outcast kids. And, and, and he really said, are. 
And I, but he's going. It's like he's like I didn't want to. He didn't want to approach her at the funeral. For she like it was not the funeral, and, and it would be weird if he did because you know that what it was like. Yeah, that would be weird. But and she's like, yeah, great funeral, and and he's like not as good as my dad's. And then Tess is like, Jesus whoa, Dylan. yeah, like whoa, you know. Yeah, and then he says something like, uh, "Oh." They can try better next time. And she's just like, Jesus, Dylan. Am I yeah. bombing this conversation? She's like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> you know? It's just a great conversation with these three kids. It, it's, really it's, it seems really like a really uh, honest conversation between awkward teenagers. And that's what they were. They were awkward teenagers. They weren't really part of the in crowd. They weren't part of the out crowd. They were just kind of like, kind of like wallflowers, really. Yeah. Insert one headlight right now into this podcast. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Bye, the wallflowers. (laughs) God, that that just aged us. You know that. Yeah. I... (laughs) I think that was like a co- college dance song of mine, for God's sake. So that it really ages me, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, late 1900s. <laughs> hey, that is Bob Dylan's son, okay? I don't care. <laughs> oh, we're getting old, Zach. He beat many of the women away, okay? I must say. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to the movie. <laughs> So like as he's there, Dylan like is basically states like he's telling her like he's after he heard Mara's rant in you know happen. Dylan implies like he's a you know he's telling his like true truth here. He's confessing his his crush and his love, and he thought about it, and it does happen again. That <sighs> explosion happens again. Well, he's got to get shit right in case it happens again, and ask himself like i might as well and he confesses his love to her she, she then's like come with me to the bathroom which chess implies you're gonna hold the hair as she pukes which he does and after puking multiple times oh my god she pukes i don't know how many times i think oh it's my. like three or four times it's literally like show. it's like what, literally that scene in like the challenge and mtv episode where they have like the eating thing like that they have to get through that challenge and they have to eat like weird shit from all over the world, like bugs and shit. And, like the puke comes out. It's like she's puking like that. Each scene where she's throwing up, she's looking at multiple Dylans. The, the shrooms have kicked in. Don't yeah. Know if you caught on to that. No, no. You see that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, out of there, we cut to like she's with him, he's with her. And it happens again, and asks to confess his love to her, and she she then has high, like you know after the peeking she like hangs out with him, and she's high as hell as she sees like multiple of him, and bring up that she knows him after she he says you don't know me, I know you, you sat in the same school, cost me these many times, and plus and she lets it slip that she knows her his dad was like it was killed by fall, shit falling on him and killing him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just like, ah, uh, too, fucking Back to the Future, manure falling on you, and he makes that joke as well. But he admits yeah. now, his dad did not die that way. It was it's a bad rumor 
And she she feels bad about listening to that rumor. No, his dad was a farmer who died of a heart attack. Yes. Which is not uncommon. They are hard workers. Exactly. And then Mara kind of like, at this point, still so states, say it was weird, right? And he says, but tonight's been all right. And that was like a great, cool moment. Again, this movie's not all horror. Like, it goes to some really great like romantic scenes and stuff. And this is the anti-Valentine's Day episode, so we have to get to that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like this is kind of like a self-growth as well as you go further into the movie. Yeah, like how many of these like like reviews can uh, these our horror podcast community though do on a horror themed film where it's just like not like he loved her and she cheated and he goes and kills all her lovers and ah you know we're doing something like shit happens you can't control you know see dylan coming up to the girls was the very first step to a monumental relationship that is sadly you know not as long as we would hope that's all i'm gonna say all right that's all you should say Okay, I'm zipping it. Zip it. <laughs> All right, you guys, I'm going to be quiet and let Zach continue until I need to step back in. <laughs> no, don't be that bad, please. Uh, but yeah, then we cut to like, they, like, they go to like, to like the school party, you know, uh, Tess and Mara. And Mara dresses in like this prom dress. Obviously, us horror fans know what she's trying to be dressed as. And Tess is a witch, but. Nah, she's a boring witch, but and Mara's like, no, you have good tits, it's fine. And then Dylan pops up and looking like Quaker Oats, as Mara says, and obviously notices, oh, you're Carrie, yeah. And she's fucking ecstatic to know that you know he gets that she's trying to be Carrie. That From the was movie, a Carrie. moment for me. Yeah, and I loved it. I, I love how she lets it slip. Like, I I love this too. She lets it slip. But well, we better her blood. But Caitlin fucked it all up. And then I go and make the noise what she just said and apologize that people listening to her. And Tess was like, all right, just stop. You know? A little too soon there, Mara. A little too soon. Yeah, I was like, damn. <laughs> no sensitivity but, at all, man. But honestly, the dress would have been better with the blood on it. It would have been too soon either way. Yeah, no. she, it would have been better if she had sissy space sick date up. Yeah, no. No, it was nice and clean, guys. For a moment. Yeah. But what happens? Dylan and Mara take they, a Yeah, he goes into the whole background story of why he does have this crush on her. And it's like this whole, like... It started from day one. It started from when he joined the school. And it's like one of those Saved by the Bell episodes or like a movie like 10 things i hate about you or something like yeah i walked in and i saw you here i saw you but but then she's she's kind of like the badass like gives her middle finger here punches a guy there it's like she's She's not that typical yeah she's not like that typical like oh she's a cheerleader i love her because she's hot and blonde no it's like she's a fucking asshole i love her you know yes finally she is too. She's an asshole. And I love it because it's basically, she has that attitude of, I really don't fucking care what you think of me. And I loved it. She carried and, it well. Yeah. And as they go through all the scenes, it leads up to like when 
you finally see that he was in that room when Mara was making these comments in the containment area and he heard it, he fucking was done. He said, he's not going to waste his time anymore. He's going to go for what he wants. You know? He said, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to spend my savings, I'm going to buy a car and everything. Yeah, it's like, go for it, guy. Have fun with that car. He said, any moment, these kids could blow up. Why wait? Like, I mean, at, as he was talking, he could have blown up. Exactly. At any given moment, anybody could have blown up. So I totally under this. This is the philosophy I actually liked when they brought that up. And the way he said it, I was like, well, yeah, death can happen at any moment. So you got to grab the bull by the balls and just go with life. Exactly. And I, this is like, this leads to such like what we're, this holiday is like built on with its phony fucking cards and its phony relationships. This is a real relationship happening in this, you know? <clears throat> just saying. Some people send those cards. You no, know, real <laughs> people, like other people, I'm saying with the cards are written, like you have to write the message to what they mean, you know? <laughs> I know. I'm just busting balls today. No, but like they they make so many Hollywood like Valentine's Day censored movies where it's like blah blah and blah blah fall in love and then, oh my god this Valentine's Day go see Magic Mike's Last Ride. Who gives a fuck? I've never seen Magic Mike past half of a trailer, so <laughs> I don't understand why anybody's gonna, any boyfriend's gonna be like, hey, let me take my girlfriend to see Magic Mike in the theater this weekend. I, I good luck, dude. Like, yeah, really? like, honey, look at these half naked built men. Like, who does that? Uh, who does that? We, yeah, we got like a senior, Salma Hayek, having sex with like this younger guy, Chatham Tatum, and he's putting on his last ride situation in some fucking other country. And all right, good luck with that, you know? And it's just not my style. Nah, me neither. Okay, anyway. So <laughs> oh, we keep going off track here. Yeah, so back to the movie. As Dylan and Mara, like they are t- definitely seeing one another now. They attend a school football game where she says, you know, she's waiting for this moment where these guys in the front on the team say, We love Cox moment. They always do that. That's because their last names are we love and cox yes thank you and yes he's like yeah oh. that's great and all right she, he's like all right and she looks at him and says she's got a moment for him and she knew she liked him maybe when he looked her in the eye and says mar we love cox, cox. <laughs> thank you and as they look at each other, boom, there's another explosion. Yup. And we find Mind out... You, there was an explosion at the party before this, too. Yeah, there's like explosion after explosion every time they're about to get to a moment. Yes. Like, you guys, 31 kids died in this movie. So, there's going to be a lot of... And it's not like clerks. 13? No, it's 31. Yeah, 31. 31. And we find out who died, though. It was Perry Love. Perry Love, the football yep. player. 
Yeah, right in front of everybody except Mara and. You notice that, like, no one really exposed in front of Mara yet? Like, she's always doing something else? She's always looking away at this point. Yeah. When this happens, she's either not present or she's not looking. <laughs> this girl does not have good timing. No, maybe she has good timing, meaning she doesn't have to see that shit. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I think I wouldn't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, do you really want to see it every time? Like, no, like, uh, grief counseling every other day. No. Yeah, that's kind of like scanners where their head blows up. You don't want to see that. Yeah, that's like, but you're a teen now. Think of it, like, you're not, like, ready. You're not, like, legally ready to leave the house yet. But the parents are like, no, you're never going to leave. You're going to be, like, 45, you know, at this point. Parents do that? My dad was like, all right, you're 18, get out. But if you see a fucking head explode every <laughs> single day of your life, I don't know. Okay, never mind. Yeah, my dad be like, uh, stay in. Especially stay if you collect money from the government because of your tragedy and your father gets to collect the funds, you know? Oh, yeah. I could see a lot of dads doing that. See a lot, anybody doing that. Yeah. Kids are paychecks. Shit, man. We know that. So then we find out, like, school uh, school's, like, canceled. Like, canceled. Like, when, she, when Mara asks her parents, what do you mean? Like, they don't even answer that question. Like, mm, no. <laughs> uh, you should just worry about getting into college at this point and graduating. That's all, like they say. And we're going to hear this going on. Just graduate, you know? Just worry about you graduating. They do make it a pivotal moment, graduating. You get past graduation, this will be all over or something. Yeah, but... starting at this point, it keeps going. Yep. But there's no, there's nothing that's actually backing this up. They're just, I think honestly, what that was is they're just trying to give the kids something to look forward to besides focusing on, okay, you might blow up in a minute. No, like there's nothing to back this up. There's no evidence. Like nobody knows the doctors, the parents, no one has any proof of this. This is like, this is kind of like that positive thing to say. They, yeah, exactly. but they, they probably also think if they, they think it's this curse, if you don't graduate high school, you might blow up. So once you graduate high school, the curse is done kind of thing, you know? Even though there, there's no story of a curse, they're just making it up. Yeah. <laughs> so then we, <laughs> get this, then we get this, like, scene where Dylan arrives with not a cool car, but with what? A milk a truck. Milk truck? A and beat it, up old rusty but, truck. But for us to make fun of it, fuck us, because it's Based around the the boss's fucking one of the boss's songs, a Bruce Springsteen song. I don't know which he doesn't know which either. I've never heard about a milk truck in a Bruce Springsteen song, guys. Sorry, but like, yeah. And they then they go to a house party. Yep. yep. I, I, I get. I don't know why you would go to a house party during all this, but um, that's where Dylan makes a joke about alcohol and makes it happen. So she, you know, she, you know. It's it's like this. This is where like a lot of jokes are going on even more. And and he asks her if she's drunk, and she says no. Are you? And he obviously know he's kind of tipsy. No, I don't know. You know she is. And you know he's kind of tipsy. And he tells her after and he tells her things, and he tells her things. But he says after his dad died, he went to his old barn and danced to a Bon Jovi song. And cried, which is like, wow, that's like it's really super fucking sad. Yeah, and she says, I 
That's really the saddest wanna... fucking thing she's ever heard, is what she said. Pretty much. And what did she say? I really want to kiss you, man. Yep, that's what she said. And what happens when they finally fucking kiss? They don't, actually. They get close. But somebody blew up. No, they actually do kiss. This is when they actually first kiss. Is it? Yeah, because they have that kind of make-out session for a second. And then they hear sounds of everybody running. And they go in a house and they see another kid exploded. And there's blood splatter everywhere. All right, I stand corrected. And now, come on, guys. You have to predict classes are still canceled for quite some time. <laughs> and people begin to dub the explosions as the Coventon curse. Yeah. You got picketers. You got, yeah. You got ignorant people. You got all these fucking kids. loonies from everywhere coming around to be like, hey. I want to write a book. The devil's in the kids. Yeah. You know, those types. And obviously, the instances are going to attract the attention of fucking crazies all around, government agencies. And who does come there? Ah, the FBI places themselves in there. And we meet Agent Carla Rossetti, who's on the case. You know, she's actually a really cool agent. I, I don't care what anybody says. Nah, she's pretty cool. But she enlists the help of Mara Test as aides. What suggests they are causing it, you know? Drugs. She wants drugs. But we have to, like, we have to give you this line. Mara says it could be worse. We could be Republicans. <laughs> Great point. I yeah. love that line. Yeah. Good. She liked, Asia liked it as well. She did. You can tell. She had a smirk. And then like, Carla Bentley goes out. Are you guys blowing kids up? And they ask if she has any idea why it's happening. And says, we're closer. What was, I'm told. Like, would, would we, do we want to blow up? No. Um, we just want to survive. Yeah, scared people. All they want to do is to fucking survive. Mm-hmm. And at the end, like, still doesn't believe them. Like, all we want to do is fucking survive. Well, bring me something. Well, that leads to... Mar going like, yeah, drugs, like you're saying. Well, it's like, they, I love how the government thinks that the local drugs are causing kids to explode. Oh my God, my eyes hurt from like even, if I was, I had to just weep. Like, I'm, the blow I'm up. sorry, but these FBI people could not even be on a Law and Order episode. Like, Law and Order episodes aren't even, like, Law and Order detectives aren't this fucking stupid. Like, give me a break, you know? That's some great THC if it's making kids blow up. They're doing ketamine mixed with <laughs> gasoline. Yeah, it's like I don't know what the fuck. You, I don't know what to tell you. Like bath salts. Like good luck. They're, they're dressing like clowns now and shit. I don't know. They're they're robbing banks and they're fucking tidy whities. You know. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to come down to them thinking it was drugs. I just knew it. Everybody always has. Any adult <laughs> in supervision of law always comes out. Something's happening with teenagers. It's either going to be it's going to be either drugs 
sex or alcohol or all three. You go back to the eighties. Look at the movie The Blob. Like, like you know, with the with Dylan over there. They thought he's everybody's on drugs there. That's what it was, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at every movie ever made in the nineties. They're on drugs. Either they're smoking cigarettes, they're smoking pot, they're doing pills, they're having sex, they're drinking beer. Those it's are the like, no-nos in, in horror B-movies. I, I'm telling you as a professional here, an expert. <laughs> it's in all like, of them from the 80s and like, 90s. Like Sean Cunningham, who wrote Friday the 13th, came with mm-hmm. the obviously worst, but we, we accept it as horror fans because it's there before we were born. He came up with the worst thing. The mother, and then Jason Lair, kills any camp counselor if they have sex, do drugs, smoke cigarettes, blah, blah, blah. Even though the people who were, because the, the camp counselors that let her son die in the, the pond were smoking pot, were they having sex, doing drugs, and, and smoking cigarettes at the same time? No. They were probably this high, and that's it. Why does the sex come into it? Why do the drugs come into it? I don't know. You know? Well, honestly... When you're a teenager, that's a big no, no. Your parents are like, no, you can't do that until you're married. So it's kind of that taboo, forbidden thing. And kids are, you know, doing stuff they're not supposed to. I think that's what it is. All right. I get that. So going from there, Mara does the same thing. She goes to her twins over there and has a conversation with them and says, "Um, you know, corporate America, you know, government over there wants to buy it all. They're happier than pigs and shit. Yeah, Dalton twins. America is going to reimburse her. She's yeah. buying it all. Dalton twins are like, yeah. It's court but they don't keep it at their house. No, who keeps anything like that in their house? They're, they're full stash. No one. They are smart teenagers. Damn right. So you know, they go for that drive. Brother Dalton's like, "How are you doing?" He's being nice. They're all having a good conversation, and all of a sudden. Dalton explodes all over the window. I mean, like blood splatter. Oh, it's everywhere. not all over the window. It's all over the front seat, all over the back windows. It's just everywhere. And he's the driver. Yeah. Oh, so like it just catches you out of nowhere when he goes. Poof. Like the whole movie, you're waiting for like these explosion scenes. Sometimes you think it's gonna happen. You don't really know when it's going to happen, and like, it hits you. Like, what the hell? Well, I, come on. Yes, yes. It's, that's exactly what it was. They did it sporadically. You don't you don't know when it's going to exactly happen or who it's going to happen to. Yeah, it was so fucking out of nowhere. And then oh, Mara's like telling the sister, come on, we get the wheel. You know, and trying, and then boom again. Fucking sister, Dalton. More blood on Mara. Like, holy shit, you know? This is when the car crashes. And I honestly, at this point, I thought Mara was done. I, Because you think, okay, there's a romance brewing between her and Dylan. One of them's going to die, right? I thought yeah. that, I thought Mara was going to die right here. I, she's in the back seat. The drivers just both burst. Now, in a movie like this, you can't really expect anybody on the post to be like the surviving person so i didn't know who would survive or anything you know exactly i was just like oh she's gonna die well i was wrong y'all i was wrong oh my god country <laughs> she country yo but uh, anyway so as we then find out mar is like actually alive and walking like very aimlessly throughout like 
the the forest or whatever she's in. But Dylan is calling her name, finds her, consoles her, mm-hmm. brings her the nice oh, gray no, sweatsuit. No, no. What is she saying? He finds her in the water and she's like kind of freaking out, kind of in a daze. She can't get them out of her clothes. Yeah, she's trying to wash them out of her clothes. Yeah, and she's but quite shocked. Even though he brings her clothes, it's this the, the, the whole great sweatsuit that I'm gonna get you for like your gift, you know. Why'd you bring this on? I didn't have time to think. She'd rather keep her own clothes out with the blood on it. <laughs> I'd rather wear something that wasn't soaked and bloody. Oh, no, about you. But then you get like, he asked her, like, what was it like? And she says, really fucking sucked. That's honestly the best thing I could think of to describe that if I was in a state of shock like she had to have been going through. Yeah. But then she starts laughing, like, still in a state of shock as she sees someone in a protective suit and says, what is this, the ET bullshit? <laughs> yes, we have. Uh... Strangers in hazmat suits, basically. Yeah, that then detain them. them. Yeah, they they just surround the two kids and they start pulling them and taking them. And we see Mara waking up in some kind of hospital. I want to say it's more like an infirmary because it's like a tent. Infirmary, kidnap zone, kind of like government facility. Very ET ish. She was dead on with that. Yeah, so then while she's in the noses, Dylan's across from her, and she does her full E.T. here, L, and points her finger at him, like in the film E.T., and says, E.T. Phone home, and Dylan responds saying, Elliot, and they keep going back, and it's so such a nod to E.T., it's so cute, fucking awesome, they do it a few times, and I that scene should like be fucking, you know, a big highlight of this movie for many. It really was. It was very touching. Like oh. you have you have the one person standing there, like, what the hell? Oh, sidebar, real quick. I don't know if I already told you. My sister could watch Hellraiser, but she cannot watch ET or see an ET figure. She's so afraid of ET. She doesn't like the look. She like, is so creeped out by ET. She could literally watch like Evil Dead. She can watch she can't watch ET. ET looks like a fetus with legs. She's been know. she's been freaked out of ET since she was like five. He looks like a penis with arms and legs and eyeballs. What? What's so scary about ET? Well, a five-year-old like ET out to a five-year-old, I think I'd be freaked out too. So, a penis okay. with eyes and legs. Okay. <laughs> I don't find. It. I thought he was adorable. Uh, some some people. I, I'm not. I'm not afraid of him. Some people are. I guess you know. I'm just saying. You have to talk to your sister about that. Nah, don't <laughs> talk to my sister about that one. <laughs> anyway, so back in the containment where they are, Dylan tells Mara that he thinks they're doing tests on us, and this is probably our lives now. Mm-hmm. This is oh, this is the best moment because this is where they actually officiate a relationship. Yeah, this is where they're not just seeing each other. This is where. They become boyfriend and girlfriend. It's sweet. It's yeah, really and it, sweet. And it's like this back and forth where they make it known. So that's like the cute Valentine's Day moment for all you sweethearts out there. Anyway, um, the beloved government has kept the entire senior class placed in this observation while the government devises a pill that's now known as, give me a fucking break, 
Snooze button. No, oh, snooze button. Snooze button. That's right, snooze button. That's supposed to be a cure for the students. Oh, they go through so many of those. It's like this concert. Yeah, it's like this great scene with music background, like a music experience is thinking they're getting better. Positive it's kind attitudes. of like a montage. Yeah, making jokes. I love that one kid's like, I want a lawyer. And the one's like, that the dead ones are hot and dreaming of donuts. Uh, you can ask for my lawyer. Uh, what do you want to do in college? Mara states, stay alive. Mm-hmm. I like the kid with the lawyer comments. I yeah, love that dude. Time. He is hilarious. I'm like, lawyer? <laughs> One of the girls, she's just like, fuck you. And she just walks away. Yeah, the one's like, everybody's hot, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, these, kids are, these kids are going through a lot of shit. So, you know what? I can't blame them for having a little bit of an attitude. None of the kids know what the fuck's going on. Exactly. And they're terrified that at any second, they're going to burst. Yeah. They just want to keep their blood inside their bodies. I mean, that's not unreasonable. Anyways... <laughs> And so that night, Tess and Mara talk, and it's a really sweet, like, girl-girl moment where each one says they're, you know, they're not going to die without the other one, you know? I don't want you to die. And that was, like, a nice, cool thing. But then we well, get no, to... Tess says that if Mara goes, she's coming behind her. And then she said, if I go, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> yeah, basically, we're going together. Very thumb and yeah. They're They're more like sisters, honestly. Like, they have a very sisterly bond, more so than than just friends. I don't know if you got that vibe from them, but... No, 100%. Since the beginning, they always were like each other's other half. Exactly. They are what you would, I guess, picture as uh, non-romantic soulmates. Non-romantic soulmates? Give me an explanation for that one. They were meant to be together, but not in the sexual way. Not uh, that way. I understand. Oh, he understands. He understands. Are, are you rubbing your chin now? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, the next day, all the teens in the room were there. And Mara's like, we should try to break out. And one says, at least we're super, super healthy. And mm -hmm. this is where they're going to cure us. And again, Dylan says, maybe we just have to graduate them. Go make out, you know, and then break. And it's like, there's like, a lot of people are saying different things. Everybody's afraid of everything in this scenario. They're all coming up with like their own opinions. But that's just when we get a fucking government, I'm going to say government douche from Washington that comes in and shows them this. We only see a little bit of this corny ass video. And Mara is that anyone from Washington says that they're doing that they're going to be doing okay or everything is going to help us which basically means nothing is going to get done and we're all screwed which is the truth yeah. in any scenario anytime a government official comes to any small town and they say that it's pretty much that they're just bullshitting these kids at this point because they have no fucking clue what's going on and he's like what would he say our thoughts and prayers are with you all. and these kids are just like They've had a fucking enough. They've been away from their parents, their families, the outside world for months at this point. Yeah, it's like, how much shit can these fucking kids take, you know? And then you gotta get I, this. 
I'm almost 40 years old and I don't think I could handle this. So for a teenager, let alone a group of teenagers, those kids have to be going through some serious psychological pent up emotions, hormones, frustration. And after this, what happens? I noticed that the kid that like starts that rant, he explodes. He's done. Then people are sleeping. Explosions. It's, In their sleeping bags. Multiple explosions of these people are happening during this time. So eventually, they have to eventually fucking release them all. Yeah. And when Mara is so happy to be out, smelling the air, looking at why does no one have Christmas lights? I don't think, and the father's like, I don't think anybody was really in the spirit to celebrate Christmas. You know, I, I get that. Can you really blame the town? I mean, <laughs> well, when she gets home, good old dad has a tree set up with the lights, but they gotta put more ornaments on it. You know? Oh, she's so excited that they have a tree. Like she's like a little kid. Just you have a tree. And that was. I thought that was just so sweet at that point. Yep. I'm still in the Christmas vibes. All right. <laughs> Me too. No, no. But like, you know, they're having all their good times. They're, you know, new log and all that good shit. The mom asks, like, with the kid. Yeah, it's getting stoned. And the mom <laughs> asks, like, the pill, the pill's being called the snooze button. Mara smokes with her dad, her mom, having a good old time. And while smoking, dad has, you know, says, we just want to get you through graduation <laughs> again. Another time we hear this, Mara says, everybody keeps saying that. You really think it's winter? And he's like, yeah. They think it's just because of winter. I'm like, huh? I'm yeah. from the north. Okay, honey. We have winter for a good many months. It's like, is this COVID? We like, don't have people blowing up. Does everybody know like COVID in America happened in the summer and went through the winter and more? Like, you know? Apparently, there's something in the snow that's blowing these kids up. And it's only the Mind you, it's only the seniors. There are no yes. adults blowing up. There's no younger children blowing up. No. It's just the senior class. Which, again, I think is why they were bringing up graduation and the curse thing. Maybe it was like a senior curse or something. I don't know. I don't think they wanted to give us any details. I think they wanted us to think like ourselves and make scenarios. Maybe kind of leave us on a cliffhanger maybe so that they can do a, another one. I don't even think that. I just think they wanted to fuck with us. Well, they definitely did. And towards the beginning of the end of the movie, I, yeah, there was one thing that got to me, but I'll, I'll wait until we get there. Okay. So after this, realizing Mar and many others, realizing they should live like every day might be their last, Mar decides to give Dylan a nice gift. What is this gift? Is that when she sleeps with him? That's her body, yes. For a sexual situation where she does sleep with him, yes. Happy birthday, dude. And Dylan <laughs> says he'd never gotten that before. <laughs> oh, God, kids are funny. But after sex, he says, can I tell you something? And says, I'm just so glad I didn't explode all over you. Oh, God, I just read that like I was running a porno screen. And Mar is like, you guys have it tough. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> this movie clocks in so many great porno, porno references. I can't. 
that was just the perfect line at that point. <laughs> I think that at that point, I almost choked on my drink because I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> and obviously, Mar and Dylan continue seeing each other after such a great encounter. And what, obviously. And he lets her know, don't you know? School's, school's back. And she's like, what? No. And she does not want to go back to fucking school. No. So no, as, would you want to go back to school? Fuck that. Homeschool my ass to the day I graduate. So school, you go. school goes back. Senior class, long class. I love that scene when you see that student named Cole in that full body armor gear. Like, that's going to help you from an explosion. You might want to put it on the inside of your lungs, not the outside of your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess for the back pass, the teacher's like, just go. Like, I don't care. The whole, the whole school is basically letting these kids do whatever the fuck they want to do because why not? Why not let these kids do whatever if they're going to die at any second? Like, just let them be. Yeah, like, the kids deserve to, like, just live a moment, you know? Yeah. They have to make their moments now because at any second it could be over. Yeah, but then we get all the disruptors, you know? So then Mara has to report to this office where Agent Rosetti, like, she's still and she's like, why are you still here? Like, this is not your office. Like, why? It's like, because I work here. No, you really don't. And they have this whole back and forth conversation. And I'm sorry, you like her at all, but she does inadvertently admit to Mara that "Mm, shit's not over yet. Might not be over. They don't know. Basically, she tells, in not so many words, she tells Mara, we have no fucking clue what we're doing. We're fu- we, we know as much as you know. Basically, which, and mind you, nobody knows anything. <laughs> nobody knows anything. After all the blood, like, fucking cell things they did, all the blood tests, keeping them in quarantine, keeping them locked, like, nothing. Nobody knows anything. After locking these cu- these kids in that in that tent area for months on end, testing, like, like Zach said, I- like, they still know Jack I, I gotta tell you, Dr. Fauci would be very upset with these doctors right now, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and nothing's getting done here, all right? We, we, need, we need a nice Jew doctor on the scene right now, please. Thank you. Or at least call House. Yeah, House, <laughs> man. He's not doing anything but smoking opium with, like, monks and shit somewhere. Right? Yeah, he, he's not busy. Nah, not at all. <laughs> Thank you for staying with us, listeners. We're, we're going to give you the rest of the movie. Trust me. All right. So <laughs> Mara then surprises Dylan, who's blindfolded. And you're like, ooh, this is some, like, you know, Mickey, Rourke, Kim Basinger, you know, nine and a half weeks kind of shit. No, it's not, guys. But when he opens his eyes, he sees a barn where she has set up lights. And Mara says, what should I get for my boy toy for Valentine's slash his birthday? He had it so tough as a kid. He danced alone to 80s music. So maybe he'd like to know he's not alone anymore. And they can dance to the song We Dance. And it's the song We Dance by the Hooters, actually. It's actually a real song. And uh, yes, it is a song called the Hooters from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And they have a, honestly, it was a touching moment. It really it was, was. It was great, like how she loves him so much to do all this, you know? Where the fuck are they? There's a barn, by the way. 
Where are they? They have a barn for access. I keep forgetting where you're from. They're all over around here. <laughs> I've never been in a barn in my life. They smell like cow and goat shit. You I've been in like cow. horror, like theme park, like Halloween, like, you know, thing, barn situations. That's about it. It smells like animal feces and hay. It's, and it's got spiders and bugs and rats. And yeah. My buddy has hay and his bat is like his. He's like this big, he likes to like do his backyard. He's got hay for like stuff. And I'm like, all right, I get it. I don't know why you have it, but all right. You know? <laughs> hay is heavy as shit, man. I have to carry a hay over my back. I mean, like, hay bales are heavy, yes. Anyway, so yeah, don't, <laughs> don't ask her, what happens after we graduate? Like, honest question. She says, she just wants to be with him. And that's yeah. when he, he says she, he loves her. And this she's is like, like, oh fuck. Yeah, and it's, it's like they have this jokingly great experience where it's not like he's not pissed that she didn't say anything. It just like doesn't happen there. But it's it's you know that they love each other. Yeah, and she says, say it to me again later. And, it, and she basically says, like, we have the plans that he says, we have these plans, unless they are fle- you know, fleshy, like fleshy dead bites, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, anybody could be a fleshy dead bite at that point. Anybody. Oh man, I think we grew up at the right time, man. These guys, these kids had it bad. Yeah, and here I thought, you know, growing up with vanilla ice being on the radio was bad. No. Nothing compared to kids blowing up. I, I don't really want to be sitting next to like Johnny Boop B over there and he fucking explodes all over me and the shoes like my mom could only afford for a month for me, you know. I don't know. See, I, I think that if this happened while, say, we were in high school, you'd probably be the one cool kid just going, boom! Go back like, to your classwork. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The whole time I watched it, the first time, all I could think of was that going, boom. Because it's just one of your, your things that you, you do when you talk and you're expressing things. It's just great. And I could just see you going, boom. <laughs> well, in that situation, it'd be effectively well, well said, boom. Correct. Exactly. It really would. It'd be a Zachism. <laughs> I would be in some kind of like ghetto Bible at that point. There you go. Dictionary, Bible. Bible, everything, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So while back at school again, because school is always a good place for these kids who blow up. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. We get this demonstration of the supposed effectiveness of the pill at the school seminar explaining how it's not actually a cure but a treatment hmm. okay it's like hey this is not a cure for your aids this is just a treatment i'm like what basically like, they're saying that this lessens your chance of blowing up that's like can you told me that the first time asshole honestly i think that was their way of basically saying this is just a placebo effect and like the reference is so fucking hard we're like you know, sometimes you're you're typing on your computer and it crashes. Well, that happens to us, but we're not so lucky. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like the way they said it, they did not deliver that correctly. No, all. like you have no humanity. Like you should, you are not trained for seminar talk. Sorry. No, like absolutely no emotion in this at all. No consideration for these kids' fucking fear. Just. 
happens. And this asshole asks, like, anybody wants to volunteer? So, like, the, the, you know, the football star Steve volunteers to come up and is asked to do things, like, stupid things, like, you know, what a dog would do, dog tricks. And again, yeah. as Mara Pop turns around... Rub your belly, stick your tongue out. Yeah, and again, as Mara turns around to test to say, this is bullshit, what happens suddenly behind her? Steve explodes. <laughs> Boom. Everybody. Oh no no. And then somebody else blows up too. Yeah. This is this is the big Yeah, this is works. this is like that triggering chain reaction of explosions within the classroom, leaving out of the classroom, dozens of students explode during the, like the rampage. I'm talking bloodbath USA America people. Oh my god. It's everywhere. Like everybody's covered in it. And if they're not, they are exploding. That that's basically what it is. And all the while, these kids are freaking out, screaming, run. What the hell are you running from if it's you blowing up? You don't know how it's ha happening. Like, nobody knows. So, like, at that point, it's just, like, reaction. It's, yeah, it's fight or flight. And, yeah. unfortunately, these kids don't have anything to fight, so they're flying. And like, during this, like, fucking craziness, Mar and Dylan and Tess are all separated by this fucking crazy mob of students. And the mm -hmm. struggle to escape the building everybody is. Mar finally exits through the side entrance. Bloody as fucking hell from everybody blowing up around her. Kind of. There's one person that kind of he's trying to pull Mara towards the door. It's yeah. It's that and he blows up in his mask. Yeah, he he blows up too, and he was an adult. This is what really really got me. Kind of irritated because I didn't quite understand it. No, that's the kid from the class with the like the the mask on. Was that the kid? Yes. Son of a bitch. That, that's why I was waiting for you to make that comment. It's the kid who asked for the bath mask. Who all the, I told you, if you want to have that armor on, have it under your lungs, not on top of your face. You know. <sighs> I did miss that. I thought he was an adult because I was like, well, no, he's that? just a tall kid. Like you, like had all the body gear on. Who else had the body gear on? Alrighty then. Yeah, did you just wait until I said it, huh? Yep. And now I'm not bugged by it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So she gets up. She finally writes to Dylan, who asks her if she's okay. And she says, no. Are you? And tells her he's glad she's still here. And then asks if she's okay again. And what happens? He's just, he's just smiling at her. We see a red screen. And somebody exploded. And it gives us a few seconds. We don't really know, but you know. And this is where Elle had to have a tissue to her eyes. I know. But we find out it was Dylan who exploded. He's now gone. When he exploded, the front of his jaw bone her in the forehead. And injuring her. And yes. as she said, she never felt it or anything. All she remembers is wanting to die. See, I'm getting teary. <laughs> I actually like the kid. <laughs> it, it was such a beautiful romance, and that happens. So, yeah, it's tough. They did their relationship quite well. But following Dylan's death, what would happen to Mar? What would happen to me? What would happen to you if we had our, our love first and our first love in real life that we really love like that happened to us and we made it this far? She stops taking her snooze button pills, and she just lays under a blanket like a mope doesn't want to do anything. This watch is continuous like footage of the time she had with Dylan. Doesn't go to Dylan's funeral. 
doesn't, you know, all she does is keep watching the videos that eventually turns to alcohol. And in the, in the coming weeks, I love it where she, you see the scene when she's finally out of her like room. And it's like she's talking to us on, uh, you know, outside the box, she's the fourth wall. Like, so it's like the fourth wall, you know. And she's like, "This is how you mix this, and you pour the whole bottle in at the end, you know." And like, whoa, okay, she's, she's going there. Had a drink. Oh, she drinks the whole thing. Oh, I'll make you the next one. Like, and, and he's like, he's oh, he's like, I, I, I'm not equipped to deal with this. I am. She says. You basically, you know, she's like, okay, well, all my friends and my boyfriend are dead. And this is how I deal with it. And she drinks. That's Ooh, it. What does she drink? Like, I think from and this point on, that's all she does is drink. I love the, I love that scene when she's like whispering to her dad. Like, I drink. And she keeps saying, he's like, why are you whispering? She's like, I'm underage. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> like he doesn't know. <laughs> So she's already hammered. <laughs> and then as she's hammered, she like the whole like at this point, like every scene, she's hammered, like really fucking hammered. This leads to her like with Tess, like trying to like hang out with Tess, and Tess has to get on this bus. Why is it a bus? Because they have no one can drive anymore. They want to get on this bus, and you know Tess doesn't want to deal with her anymore. With the situation wants to get better, and she says like something really important too, like she actually like Morris. Actually, stops. She's stopping she's existing. Stopping existing until she. Until she actually stops, stops existing. Yeah, yes. that's 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 t- that's hard to hear. It is, and Mark Tess does say, you know, people have been dying for seven months, and what happened to Dylan sucks, and she's sorry, but they have to keep going. Yeah, I mean, it's true though. It is, you know. You know. Going back to your comment, whether this was their first love or whatever, love is love. And I think this would crush anybody. Like, I know that it would just devastate me to go through something like this. And I'd probably end up just like Mara. But in these scenarios, like, your best friend loves you. Well, you've grown and she just wants her friend to be her friend again. But her friend doesn't get what the other friend is going through because this is her first love. But the best friend always considers you as their first love, you know, in that scenario. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's tough to understand anyway, but I get it, you know? It's a lot of shit. All these kids are going through, but yeah. unfortunately, you know, we don't get to go through all the other kids' stories. We're just going through Mara's. Yeah. As we get through more Mara's, we would then see her like at a liquor store, like blatantly stealing alcohol <laughs> comes out and draws one bottle uh, notices Agent Rossetti there, and she just wants to check on Mara, and she throws <laughs> the other bottle through Rossetti's front window with the stolen bottle of whiskey. I was like, wow. I gotta Dude, say, did you see how hardcore. that blew up? Yeah, I gotta say, though, she's hardcore drinking a bottle of whiskey. Like, whiskey's hard, man. I'm like, I could, th- I get vodka tequila, but like, whiskey, like, come on now, you're like hard. She was drinking that like it was damn water. Yeah. And when she finally gets home, her parents ask if she's still drunk, and she's like, 1,000%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the parents are trying to console her, and she's like, well, I'm probably going to die in a violent explosion full of blood all over you. Feel better? And then she's like, fuck off. And then she goes to her room. And when she goes to her room, she's like, most people who are drunk should never, like, 
drunk text. But Mara just goes through the students' comments online and all speculate that she might be the Covington curse and she was present at each scene in the current explosion at the you know, graduation, the prom ceremony, and everywhere else. And that wakes her up, actually. That really wakes her ass up. She goes to see Tess, still drinking now. They're sitting in their swings they used to. And she tells Mara that she sends her that beach house rental pic on her phone. Did you just send me that pic? That was, um, they were outside the uh, school, uh, outside of the prom. Yeah, and she sends her that pic. And that like lights a fire in her ass. And reveal, you know, she tells her she's leaving town tonight for the beach house. And but invites her to come. Mara says, I hope you live forever like an elf. And that's what Dylan would say and believed in. He was a nerd, but I loved him. And yeah, he was always all right. And Tess says, Yeah, he was all right. Tess says, Mara will always be her best friend. That's that's truth. Like, that's it. Peace out, Mara. Tess is leaving for the beach house. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the beach house would save you. I mean, is it like the school that haunts you or, you know? I think maybe what Tess, I mean, you forgot the part where Tess says uh, she needs to live her life even if it's only for a second. Yeah, so the beach house is your second. I get that. And that's just like, I don't know, the beach house. I get it. You know, that that was their dream together. So she wanted to live her dream before it was too late. I get that. All right. So go Tess. I love that girl. She's just, she was honestly Mara's voice of reasoning. Her moral moral compass. Yes, exactly. I couldn't have put it better myself. So yeah, believing that Mara herself is the curse, she goes to school events that we find out is not just the prom, but it's the graduation and one (laughs) event. Yep, everybody's having their prom and they're graduating all in one go. Which Mara says, that's fucking stupid. I love it. I would have said that's fucking stupid, too. What about the kids that didn't go to the prom? Mm, Okay. Think about it. Not everybody likes going to dances. But graduation as well. You want to graduate, get the fuck out, not die. Good point, good point. So they probably all were there. And I love how you just go to that scene where she pours that whole bottle of whiskey into oh, the fucking Oh, she's just bowl. looking at the teacher's dead eye. And, and then they're looking at her, not doing a damn thing. She, and then she takes the whole bowl, and you see her, like, downing the bowl. Oh, yeah. She's got the ladle. She's drinking it all. She don't care. That was great. I fucking loved it. And at this point, you know, fucking liquid, liquid courage, man. She goes on the stage casually apologize to everyone there and ends with Springsteen everybody yeah and it ends with Springsteen is really good and found that the hard way I never understood that how did she find out the hard way because she lost Dylan Dylan's the one that told her about Springsteen yeah. all right but like, then we get we we get others like giving their reasons, you know, why it's their fault. They chime in, claim responsibility over the, the, their own personal problems. At first, she's like, "Fuck off, you bitch," things like that. But then everybody's going at it, telling their own reasons why, you know. Well, I mean, if you think about it, each and every time these kids were blowing up, 
all these other kids were there, so they couldn't basically say that it was Mara. Yeah, everybody just pegged her as the one, but everybody now is feeling that guilt. She admitted to it, so they want to say their reasons why. I think some of them were doing it for a little bit of attention. Well, it's high like school. the first, the first girl, I think she did it for attention. Oh, absolutely! Well, she, she deserves to be called the bitch, you know. Yeah, I think she called her a hoe or a slut. Slut. That's right. Yeah, just saying. The other so we, girl, though, that she was crying, yeah, she, I think she actually felt guilty. Yeah, so like maybe what you think is like, hmm, maybe if they're all being honest out loud, no one's going to explode anymore, maybe. Ooh. Maybe. Mm. Well, while leaving the event, uh, M- M- Mara, she's just like, you know, doesn't know what to do, and she visits Dylan's grave. She, she finally says he, she loves him, too. You know that. And then lays down the ground for a while. And then that's where you see someone walking. And it's Dylan's mom who appears and asks if she can join her. And this is like her first time because she never went to the funeral. And she apologizes about that and says, I'm sorry, Dylan's mom. <laughs> I didn't come to the funeral. But cool headstone. And the mom says he designed it. Yep. It's a sweet moment. And the mom. It really is. Dylan's mom, we just know as now. Tells more about the sinkhole story from Florida, which I looked it up. It's actually a weird, weird story and actually happened, supposedly. Explaining that it's just like no what has happened, but deserve has nothing to do with what it with what happens, you know? Um Bad things a, happen. Yeah, and it, wow, it's great. And she's like, Yeah, stole it from Clint Eastwood. You're just a film Clint Eastwood movie, yes. And they continue to have this heart-to-heart conversation. And she finally convinces Mara to move on with her life. And Mara apologizes to her parents finally, sobers up finally. And when she finally takes off that bandage, she kisses that wound because she knows Dylan will always be with her. It's an it's Dylan with her forever, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, that's all she has left of him. That, that was his last mark on this world. Yeah. So, it's kind of morbid in that aspect, but it's, oh, it's at the completely, same time. it's completely morbid love in that way. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But I think they really needed that scar to kind of keep her connected with Dylan. Agreed. That was definitely something that this. And I needed. think that she never took that. She never took that bandage off because she never wanted to lose that part of Dylan. You know. Exactly. So after I, think, all this, I think it helped her too to to move on and you know not stay in the grieving process. Yeah, because after all that, it had to help her. It was what she was keeping herself backwards for, you know. Mm-hmm. And after all this, we find the snooze button pill seems to be effective, and the explosions have anticlimactically stopped, leaving only thirty against yeah, only thirty-one students in the senior class dead. And we learn that. You know, Covington High is going to be tore down, but rebuilt as a memorial. And as she says, let's which Mara says that's gonna, it's gonna fucking suck. Yeah, and I would, yeah. And coming from a guy from New York, I could say most memorials where people have died fucking suck and is wrong when tourists come to visit them. That's my opinion. And Mara gains possession of Dylan's milk van, and with her parents' blessing, moves into the beach house with Tess, as they always intended to do since childhood. 
And it ends yes. with Mara, Mara asking Tess us. Did, Tess did survive this whole thing. She did. And Mara too. And they're best friends living their best lives together now as they always wanted to. At the beach house with the hookah. And overview here, she asks us all as an audience, you know, Mara asks us, what do we learn? What do we learn? Telling the viewers that the world's a cruel piece of shit, giving a beautiful monologue, which she does, and gives this whole story where she can do all these things, marry husbands, all this. But my favorite line from all that is, she'll become oh, president, and Trump's going to look up from his gold-crusted coffin and say, who the fuck's that bitch? And that president... That's president, bitch, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Yes. I've never, no, 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 no. I've never had a movie where they talk about Trump like that. Yeah, that was great. Like, great fucking slap. I was just like, no, that's great. I know I said great like 30 times there, but that was awesome. I love the line. Yeah, so Mara lives out her life, like having all these point of views. She could have these lives. But, you know, when she's ready, she'll tell whoever she does fall in love with one day about her real true love, Dylan. And that's most important, you know? And what he meant to her. Yeah. And as she says, she ends us out. Enjoy life while it lasts. What the fuck else can you do? True. Exactly. What else can you fucking do? That's something that, you know, whether you're in a movie or it's real life, you could die at any moment. Live your life now because there, there could be no later. And guys, uh, listeners, we, this is the movie Spontaneous. We're talking about a movie with random explosions of teenagers. And we gave a lot of funny stuff, but we just gave some really real truth here. And this movie bought it out of both of us. This movie gave you real truth. This movie was just not a comedy heart. It gave you kind of like, if this shit did happen, did you ever think 10 years ago, COVID could happen? Uh, you saw the movie Contagion. You, I did. No one else did. Contagion. That's a COVID happened. Um, COVID two happened. COVID three happened. This Omicron virus happened. Uh, maybe a contagion that happens with kids exploding in schools could happen too. We never, you know. <laughs> the world's a fucking weird place. We don't know. I must be really morbid because I find that hilarious until it happens, and then I'm not going to be laughing. But. I was going to be held like liable for it if it does. Um, before we go into our ratings and stuff like that, why don't we slip into our sponsors real quick? Absolutely. So going into our first sponsor tonight, everyone, all horror lovers across the world, we're talking about Blood Witch Unlimited, a company focused on providing all clothing and all accessories the highest quality and designing all things dark. Well, viable right now. That's back in stock. Yes, back in stock is the Memento Mori long sleeve shirt latin for remember that you have to die is an artistic or symbolic trope acting as a reminder that death awaits us all life is short live life to the fullest available now the brand's message is simply no saviors look within please shop them at bloodwitchunlimited.com and let them know zach and l from the shop shop has sent you and follow them on instagram bloodwitchunlimited our second sponsor of the night is pray for us clothing a great long-standing brand and support system to us the horror supernatural chop shop and right now please check out their badass perspective crop hoodie and their black metal booty shorts mm, Al, that make that perfect pairing for your living dead girls valentine's <laughs> gift and more 
Yes. Definitely will not be wearing those outside. <laughs> you can use our discount code, all lowercase, the horror supernatural chop shop, one word, for a special discount for your whole order. And let them know we sent you. I've been looking at their stuff, and both of these these people are doing amazing stuff. The Mementorian, I love that hoodie. I'm that hoodie is awesome. Yeah. And like, again, like they're they're in the company, so like when they bring back something for like a limited run, I get like he's bringing it back, JD's bringing it back for as long as it's available. They have to remake them, remake them. They make them in America. They make it in their hometown. They got to make them, and then when they make them and they sell out. You know, they need to remake them and doesn't know when they can make them again. I think that needs to be like a permanent thing in their shop, honestly, because it's just, I love it. I love it. Yeah, they have some good stuff. Like, they I, really do. Both of them do. They have really in like, one of a kind. It's their stuff. It's not like, oh, he's wearing that design by that brand that we all wear with the logo on it. No, you don't. If I wear, I, I mean, I have a few items of both brands. They're like, oh, who made that? And I'm like, follow this company on Instagram, Blood Witch Limited. Follow this company, Pray for Us Clothing, you know? Remember, you guys have to check them out. If you don't, you're missing out. You are missing out. Now, L, on to our scores of said movie for this episode, number 10 of the Horror Supernatural Chop Shop. Hmm. I have to give this a 4.5 just because there is so much hidden gems of philosophy in this that applies to real life. It was perfect. It was almost perfect. It wasn't quite horror for me. Too much comedy for me, but it was just, it was a great movie. Awesome writing, not to mention um, the director of this based this off of um, a, a novel called uh, Spontaneous by Aaron Starman. Yes. So, Brian, you did an amazing job at directing this movie, casting it, writing it. Like, super pleased. 4.5. Fine, I have to say, because what you said, Brian did everything he wanted, and I have read the book and it's not really close that much close to the book it's the book is more darker he gave us something more watchable with like you you and i are laughing this whole podcast talking about it we needed that we need that and yeah. he gave us that on such a serious topic and it was very deep and dire to what the world we live in that was filmed years ago that could maybe possibly happen with science we no one knows shit anymore and the acting alone Picking somebody like Catherine, who was on one of the most uh, really the shows that were like oh taboo, and she is now getting this career doing these kinds of things, and she was just perfect in it. And having like all the characters play who they played, having the parents in these situations thinking they couldn't pull these off, and they did. Uh, I, I have to give it like for what he did, he did everything he wanted to do for me. Like, if I was a director and I, I executed everything I wanted to do. Uh, perfect for me. It's a five for me. It's it's a perfect five. I have I don't have to rate every horror movie as a five. I can say a horror comedy is just as good as a pure horror film. And a horror this is a pure great comedy horror that executed the blood and guts gore shit as much as it did the humanity, the seriousness, the comedy, 
everything they just find themselves as wanting to do in what they describe the movie as. I give it a five. It was exactly what you wanted to see from what they described the movie to be. This is the first time I've ever given a 0.5. So a 4.5 is as close to perfect as I can get without it being a straight up horror movie. I, you know how I am, Zach. I'm critical. No, I know. But for me, I think of it as big picture, a big picture person, and like how he did this movie, how the team worked in this film. It was beautifully uh, balanced. It, the, the comedy, I, I, I everything. Think, I think they got away with like. I, I, Sam Remy would be proud of the blood scenes the explosion scenes you know oh god yes one of my favorite parts has to be the blood waterfall coming down from the stairs onto yes. Dylan and Mara like ew like nothing looked like hey this is a guy behind a computer doing CGI right now you know exactly exactly and the blood was not too red it was not too dark it actually looked like blood like it was very well done. Yeah, and she, I, they were perfectly fine with that. Like I think I heard, I read some interviews with her. And, uh, well, she's been in blood scenes before because of her show. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Like seriously, so. But like, yeah, she. Again, we had to run from buckets of blood behind us. We had to shoot that scene like three times. I'm like that's awesome. That just sounds like a day at work for me. Like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Cigarette breaks over. Fucking blood time. <laughs> no, they, they did an incredible job with this movie. I I was more than thrilled. You've kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different movies that I've never heard of. And I'm extremely grateful for that because I am one of those people that's kind of stuck in the 80s and the 90s. And I kind of need pulled into the 2000s and beyond. And no, but... And that, that, no, that's cool because you've introduced me to some, some really great stuff recently as well. I thank you. But I always, I, I said, I think I told you, like, I don't want you to be one of those people who gets stuck with, oh, only 80s are good. This is, you're going to run out of movies. This right now. Exactly. There, there's so yes. many, there's so many indie films that you find on Venmo or you find, I mean, on like Zelle, you find, oh, no, sorry, he's a, you find on all these apps, like, um, what is it? Tubi. Uh, to be youtube has a lot of great first feature films that you can watch mm-hmm. like a lot of these small directors can only get their movies on tubi uh or youtube at first but then someone buys their small project finances it and they get to make a big project look at something like terrifier look at something like you know that that yes, happens if you, if you stick with one specific uh area of this genre you are going to miss out on everything Yes, I specialize in the 80s and 90s and, you know, earlier, but if we stick to just those, those decades, our, our genre is going to die out. We have to give the newer stuff a shot. Zach has been pretty much pushing me in that direction, and I'm thankful for it because this past, what, three, four months, it's yeah. been incredible. It's been an incredible ride, and here on our 10th show, I can honestly say that you know, the movies in, t- in 2000 and beyond have been surprisingly a lot better than what I've seen and let it jade my my view on it. So, yeah, it's a, it's not like, oh, I don't come to you and be like, oh, this big budget movie. I'm, I I find these small little projects late at night on these certain apps or these channels. And I'm like, wow, 
this needs to be seen by a horror fan. And I send these things to you. Like, uh, for instance, I had this kick this week. I, I wanted to post occult films. I think I did pretty well at posting some obscure recent occult films. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, you well, did. One or two people said to me, like, I think this, this is very inappropriate. I was eating lunch. I had to look at that. I'm like, you didn't have to look at it. Did somebody say that about the babysitter? No, someone said that about, you know what, movie? Come on, you can guess. Come on. I can't remember. Nazis. Devils, oh. you found her being an attractive yeah. person for the person and the devil. Yeah, yeah, she was oddly attractive in that. Oddly she attractive, had... but yet so fucking scary and disgusting. She had the perfect figure to pull off that that role, obviously. And it's just, that movie. If you've ever seen uh, that movie, you go on our Instagram, you'll see what movie we're talking about. I'm not going to give you everything here. But like wow, you, you gotta visit us to see. Yeah, it. but like that actress is the actress playing the girl, and all of a sudden she becomes that devil, you know? Dun, dun, dun. The and big it's, red. It's just it's so good. It's the makeup, everything. It's it's like romanticizes her. We're not gonna steer you guys wrong. I will post my reviews honestly and i do not always you can ask zach i will post movies that i absolutely hate and i'll say why zach you you kind of post more movies that you like i think well the horror supernatural chop shop is um me personally i run the whole instagram it's about me giving people opportunities to see fresh older horror like video nasties newer anything mm -hmm. i can find i watch and i think that you would like the horror community would like uh my job is to support and help these movies get seen more i'm never gonna post something i didn't like all right well there you go that's, that's fair enough uh we are two different we, we both have two different styles obviously yeah so we'll we'll never lie to you guys and, and the veins of it being Valentine's Day coming up, uh, we, let's mention. I want to. I'm going to go one. You're going to go one. We're going to talk about. It doesn't have to be hard. Just violence has to be involved. Everyone, violence. Let's say I'll go first. Our fucking favorite. What we go to anti Valentine's Day. Fuck you, candy markets. Fuck you, Hallmark, and all that good shit. Um, true romance on our list together. I have to say. Yes. But that's that's not mine. That's us together. I'd also have to say The Crow. That was a beautiful movie. All right, you go. Um, I guess I'd have to go with the movie I, I mentioned the other night, uh, Romancing the Stone. Okay. You got fighting. You got alligators. You got the jungle. You got adventure. And just... It's amazing with Kurt Douglas and Catherine Turner or Kathleen Turner. Oh, amazing. 1984, by the way. I will say a movie that I consider if you have a real relationship in America and shit goes sour, this is how it really works. Blue Valentine starring Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Never seen it. It is a horrible betrayal of how a relationship ends up. But it's very realistic if you know anybody who's been in these relationships in America. I'm going to have to watch that. 
It is. Mm, it's, a, it's not a happy story, but it's a great story. Yes, but you know, leaving Las Vegas was not a happy story, but it was a good story. And who recommended that one to you? I, I love that movie, but it's it's definitely a movie I can't watch on a regular. Oh my god, is that dark? No, it takes so take it takes a lot out of you. It really does, and you made me watch it. I asked you to watch it. I didn't have you tied up and ask you to watch it. Jeez. What? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Then my it last really pick, was a good movie. my last pick for this would have to be Natural Born Killers. Oh, nice! That's romance in its finest, next to Bonnie and Clyde, my favorite film of all time. Really, you're not going to go with Tootsie? I thought that was a good one. No, I'm not going to go with Tootsie. Oh, fine. I'm stuck in the 80s, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Al, this was our 10th episode, man. We kicked we kicked its ass. It's done. It's out now. We're gonna have to our 11th very soon. Well, we might be back sooner than you guys know with an updated a second Valentine's Day slash anti-Valentine's Day go fuck yourself holiday episode. We might. We might. We probably will. <laughs> and as always, I'm Zach, Mr. Eyeliner from the Chop Shop. And as George A. Romero, who I love very fondly, always used to say, stay scared. See you at the movies. And bye-bye. Night, Al. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs>